0: Hello, welcome to the No Man's Land podcast. It's been a big political week across the pond. The US midterm elections on Tuesday have produced a better than expected result for the Democrats. While the Republicans look close to taking the House, the Senate is in the balance. To discuss all this, we welcome back friend of the podcast, Royfield Brown. So firstly, Royfield, hello, how are you? Welcome back. and please remind our listeners about your excellent Mid-Atlantic pod.
1: Um, Thank you for having me back. Um, You'll be pleased to know that the sun is shining in California in in more ways than one, uh, quite literally and politically. And yes, uh, Mid-Atlantic is going great guns. I think in the last two months, we've put out seven or eight individual shows we've looked at uh news reporting in ukraine uh we've looked at uh rishi shunak being the prime minister in the uk very obviously the midterms um you know and and, and other matters besides so the podcast is doing well thank you for asking
0: excellent glad to hear it and steve as always welcome and hello
2: thanks martin and uh, great to see you again royfield
0: uh, it's
1: funny you should say
2: it's great to see me again our cameras are off for this soon <laughs> it's true actually and actually i was speaking <laughs> to you on the mid-atlantic show but i haven't actually seen you on camera for a while i don't think
1: <laughs> no that 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 is very true that is very true and uh, yes you have been uh, darkening the mid-atlantic door with, with your presence and actually illuminating the
0: podcast shall i say absolutely all right so what was the political mood in the lead up to the midterms what were the the sort of the big issues how was it being framed
1: um you have to do this in kind of in two parts maybe in three parts uh conventional wisdom is that midterms are deliver a bloody nose to the president's party so at the start of this year you had republicans incredibly bullish that they were going to win back the senate the senate is in effect, uh, 50-50. Yes, the Democrats control it, but that's because if it's 50-50, the vice president then has the casting vote, but it is actually 50-50. The Democrats have um, a small lead in the House, in Congress, uh, but the conventional wisdom is that an unpopular president, somebody as unpopular as Biden was at the start of the year, um, that you're looking at like a 40-seat swing, in, in Congress, and you're going to lose Senate seats. Uh, that optic kind of changed with the Dobbs ruling, uh, Roe versus Wade being overturned. All of a sudden, uh, the Democrats had a reason to get out uh, young voters, to register young voters, young women. So if you look at all the special elections in America since about May, uh, the Democrats have actually confounded their poll expectations. You know, They even got a congressman. Um, elected in Alaska, uh, for heaven's sake. So um, that then changed the whole political calculus, that it looks like the Democrats could hold on to the Senate. And though things were looking somewhat unfavorable for them in the House, that they would then, um, you know, still be relatively competitive. As the summer went on and Dobbs as a ruling was less in front of, let's say, the chatterati, the the pundits, uh, more the conventional wisdom um, came to the fore, fore as gas prices uh, forward slash petrol for people that understand uh, real English. Petrol prices were, were spiking, inflation's at a 40-year high, and it looked like the American economy is about to go into recession. And then people remembered, ha-ha, these are the midterms. Uh, so the the president's party gets a kick in. So in the last two or three weeks, um, a lot of the polls, uh, were saying that even though on the generic ballot, taking everything together, the Dems might be up one or two points, but actually these are the midterms. These are local races where, um, the quality of the candidate, um, is foremost, but also people do vote on local issues. So it seemed to be the mind, the mind think was that uh, the Republicans were going to take uh, both houses, Congress and the Senate. And very obviously, um, that I'm going to say very obviously, I'll be careful careful here, hostage to fortune. The Democrats have had a much, much, much better set of results than uh, the republicans thought that they would these are really the upper echelon of the democrats expectations considering as i said historically this the president's party is supposed to lose take a shellacking um at the midterms and you've got a, a relatively unpopular president and you have um economic indicators which are all going south uh so uh, they've confounded uh just about everyone's expectations
0: all right so were there any particular results that really stood out to you? Firstly. And then secondly, you've talked about some of the sort of local issues. So how important are these midterms beyond just the like the next impact on the president or the impact on the next presidential election? You know, on one level, this is about, you know, who takes bins out and the sort of, you know, the administration. Um, but also, what does it tell us about American politics, sort of more generally, sort of as I say, beyond its impact on the next presidential election?
1: Yeah, so be, be, the Republican Party needs to stop and actually understand what's happening, uh, what has happened with with these results. Uh, so it has a massive impact on them. Are we going to have a death match between? or at least a bare-knuckle fight between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantos, who's the governor of Florida, for the hearts, minds and souls of uh, Republican voters going forward. That looks like that potentially is going to happen now. As according to Republican internal polls, um, Forty, I think it's 48% I've looked at this morning of Republicans want Trump to run again, 24% want Santos to run but it's much more um, significant than the, than just these two personalities. One of them represents, um, in effect, um, a fever which has infected the Republican Party. You know the the MAGA crowd, which aren't really Republicans, and and also um, Donald Trump is incredibly divisive. One of the things which this um, election really highlighted was that MAGA Republicans fared really quite badly. So the Republican Party has to recognize that, uh, that if they have, in effect, an open goal, or American might say, um, if you're at the one-yard line and there's no defense and you still don't actually score the touchdown, what the hell is going on? And that's what happened here. Uh, There's a really interesting Fox News segment with the... um, uh, george bush's uh speech writer saying the republican party needs to have a hard look at itself here where republicans did do well it was with much more mainstream uh republican candidates so the republican party is potentially going to go into uh, a lot of soul searching uh, between of which the two wings are ron de and uh Donald Trump. And, R- and Ron DeSantos is kind of MAGA-light, but is much more of a he has much more of a conventional appeal. And he won't upset um non-Republican voting in Americas in the way that people have made up their mind about Donald Trump. So there is that. Um also, and, and probably much more significantly, there is the wider change of the American electorate. Uh, young people are not supposed to come out and vote at midterms, but they did. We don't have all the data in, but uh, Gen, and I say it the horrible American way, Gen Zs and um, Gen Ys have actually massively came, come out and voted, uh, which is one of the indicators, the reasons why, at least at the start of the summer, the Democrats were quite bullish because of the Roe decision, the Dobbs decision. Uh, the Democrats were registering uh, young uh, Americans and young women at an unprecedented rate. And I think it's something like they broke something like 28% for the Democrats. This is a demographic time bomb for the Republicans. Young Americans are much more liberal, uh, much more progressive, and can be motivated to come out and vote um single issues can get them out so there's a demographic time bomb there Uh, the other thing um which potentially this could start to see the end of and i say potentially is election denialism um since 2016 there's been this strain in the republican party that uh, elections can be hijacked, they can be fraudulent, uh, ballots have been, uh, ballot boxes have been stuffed uh, with democratic, democratic votes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, many secretaries of state um, throughout the various states have basically said this is nonsense. And these are Republicans who, who are saying that this is nonsense and that the American electoral system is incredibly robust. Um, I work for an organization called OSET, uh, Open Source Election Technology, and actually produce a podcast uh, for them actually about the security of of American elections. Um, That's not to say that there hasn't been some level of small malfeasance, but the the very act of mail-in voting has been something which um, uh, some Republicans have been really skeptical about. And this has been stoked by Donald Trump. And one of the outcomes of electoral denialism has actually been January the 6th, uh, that attempted coup d'etat, um, which was all built around the fact that um, the election has been stolen. Many election deniers um, lost uh, their elections on, on Tuesday. So we, sh- we, we shouldn't say that this is gonna be completely consigned to the rear view uh, mirror of American political history, but we could well have seen the high point of that with mainstream Republicans who aren't election deniers, who aren't uh, MAGA Republicans actually doing well
0: in the polls. And do you know why that they have been unsuccessful? Is it uh, the party itself has sort of taken steps to kind of reduce their influence or is it that they've just come up against like the sort of popular will of normal people going to sort of cast their ballots and that they haven't convinced them?
1: Absolutely, yeah. It's the latter and and not the former. Because of the way the American political system works is that, and and the Republicans are much more um, reliant on this, so the primary system means that people who are self-registered as whatever party vote for people who they want to then stand in the election. So classically, you get die-hard Republicans or die-hard Democrats, and and what's been happening for the Republicans is that there are lots, some of their candidates have become more and more extreme, who um, are attractive to the base, and with the hijacking of Trump, uh, within the hearts and minds of some Republicans, let's say 30% uh, of Republicans, 35% of Republicans, you've had these candidates who believe in QAnon, like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, you have um, a lot of candidates, some candidates who are just celebrities fundamentally, like Herschel Walker or Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania, who uh, be- because they've been endorsed by Trump jd vance um another kind of electoral uh, election denialist etc however the american public doesn't want to hear that the last election was stolen they want to move on and and it's kind of interesting that we've had the january 6 hearings and there has been on the left a lot of people saying well this uh proves uh that the president should be tried for for treason or you know Pretty, pretty serious of, of, offenses and i think your average american knows that something terrible happened but actually just wants to put it behind them and wants to just get on uh, and, and you're kind of seeing this with in, in this election election deniers people who are saying that the system is corrupt ballots are being stolen. They're just not, they haven't prospered. And, you know, there are a lot, of, There there is a small but significant amount of Americans who actually believe that the system is fundamentally corrupt. And uh, Arizona was a real case in point that before uh, this election, there were um, kind of vigilante um, kind of minute men um, who were watching poll boxes or dressed up in, in fatigues and in effect were intimidating voters who were going off to mail in drop-off boxes to mail their ballots in early, you know. So this is a serious um, issue, but at the ballot box, those politicians espousing those views have fundamentally come a cropper.
0: Do you think, uh, before I let Steve come in, do you think that there has been, and this is something we'll come back to later on, but do you think there's been a kind of, slight reduction in the kind of temperature is it kind of coming down from boiling point a little bit do you think
1: uh too soon to definitively say but my gut is to is to kind of agree with that um this election could well be the the turning point in in, in that regard still too early to say what happens with trump is going to be really I- I instructive Um, going forward, is he going to stand again? Um, He did post on True Social yesterday that when he ran, he got 1.5 million more votes than Ron DeSantis did. Uh, So yeah, he knows that um, if he doesn't run again, uh, DeSantis will be the Republican um, nominee. So he needs to stop him right now. Um, But it's not a given that trump will actually run again and look at it even be legal reasons legal jeopardy the reason why he can't run again or at least his um candidacy if he does try and run again will be scuppered
2: so here across the pond we i think often forget about quite how much american democracy there is and um there isn't a lot of coverage from the down ballot races so i'm interested whether there's any um results that you've particularly picked up there for example if i can say it right things like gubernatorial elections um and i know royfield you in the past have said that um your admirer Stacey abram the very impressive uh, georgia politician and i saw she lost the race there so i wondered if you had any reflections on that Um,
1: That didn't come as a major surprise in the end. Uh, Stacey Abrams is one of the darlings of the Democratic Party, African-American woman who, um, this is now a second attempt to try and become the governor of that state. She'd be the first African-American, let alone uh, black woman uh, to become governor if if she was to win that. What she has done is to massively um, get out the black vote. She, she uh, single-handedly um, kind of launched um, an organization to register black voters. It's one of the things which is really weird uh, for us from a British perspective. There is no real registering to vote. Like you're 18 and you you get, you know, automatically you are just kind of registered. The only thing you need to register is, is if you move, uh, type of thing. In America, you don't automatically, in effect, um, have a right to vote. It's democratically enshrined, but you need to register. And it's the political parties that go out and knock on doors and get people to register. And the poorer you are, the blacker you are, the browner you are, the more chances that you're not actually registered to vote. So there's this real... Uh, argument in America between election um, access and election kind of integrity, and, and both of them speak to the left and the right. That the left says, "Well, poor people don't have access uh, to to register and, and to vote," and the right uh, are always saying, "But are these people entitled uh, to vote?" What she did was to turn Georgia, which for Let's say since the 1980s, anyway, has been um, a Republican state, at least into a purple state, because she's registering furiously um, African Americans so much so that in the at the last election, you had um, two Senate seats which went to Democratic uh, candidates, but the governor is is Republican. And that's really important uh, then to understand um, how Americans split voting down ballots. Classically in Britain, we have a ballot paper and it says, all right, uh, this is you're voting for this person in this constituency, you put an X, uh, and then that's it. American voting uh, ballots can be incredibly long because you're voting for so many different things, hence, down ballot. Uh, at the presidential election the president's name people who've been running to be president will be at the top and then you'll have senators then you have congressmen and it goes down and down and down and depending on where you are in the country you can be voting for judges for school commissioners and it goes on and on and on and to split your ballot means that you don't strictly go republican all the way or democrat all the way so you had a situation whereby um, the governor Kemp of Georgia won against Stacey Abrahams, however, uh, Warnock, who's a Democratic senator running against Herschel Walker, Warnock got at the moment, anyways, got more votes than Herschel Walker. So it shows you that just because somebody voted uh, for the Republican uh, candidate for governor doesn't mean that they then voted for the Republican senator so uh, people are looking at this and, and and really analyzing that the quality of the candidate does matter um, and stacy abrahams um there's, there's a picture of her just he going through all the press with her with, with water in her eyes i think this is maybe the last time um she she's going to run uh, she's done amazing things in georgia but she's just failed at, at, at the final hurdle Georgia is a purple state, um, but, 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 you know, we are still talking about a state where historically it was part of the Confederacy. Um, Atlanta is very much seen as a black city, and uh, but it's very much seen as a democratic Island uh, within kind of a sea, sea of red, you know, Georgia is still very much a rural state and uh, maybe, Uh, For some Georgians to see um, a black woman running the state was just uh, slightly a step too far. However, within the two uh, senatorial candidates, you had two black men.
2: Well, it's sad to hear that about Stacey Abrams. She doesn't run again. Actually, I can't remember I told you this, but as an anecdote, when I was in um, New York for a year, it was in 2016, and I went campaigning with the Hillary side. And what they were doing, they'd send us into uh, neighborhoods where they wanted to increase voter registration. So I was a British guy wandering around um, trying to register Americans to vote, and actually they would send us uh, in particular to African-American neighborhoods near Philly. Um, so a little bit of that, I had a couple of days of experience wandering around with my registration form. I didn't get very far, but I, I tried my my best. You know, it's um, it's not an easy thing to do, but it
1: really is. Kind of, if you want to put a litmus test as to how hardcore uh, people are in terms of local democracy and active activism, it's actually voter registration, because you've got to go to in effect low information neighborhoods to get people to vote if if you're you know the more affluent the neighborhood these people already registered to vote always but it's people who um who are fundamentally trying to survive the daily grind that actually don't necessarily and it's to go and you've got to go into those neighborhoods and and and, you know convince them that their vote is actually going to make uh, a difference you know so um and in a lot of races, you know, people will say, "Well, you know, it's just more of the same. It's the establishment. My vote w- won't matter." But then it, the whole position becomes compounded because, you know, if these uh, elements of the population don't even vote, well, then of course the politicians don't take any notice of them. You know, so um, it's incredibly important, and it's just one of the many differences between the British political system uh, and the American parties go out and drive that vote and actually really it's the democrats because the republicans don't need to um go out and register in the way that the democrats do
2: yeah and in my brief experience actually got a bit of that but people would kind of say to you oh there's no point you know when you handed them the voting form Anyway, I want to zoom out a little bit, um, and you described very well how essentially this this looked like an easy win, an easy landslide for the Republicans this this uh, this midterms. So, what what do you think are the absolute key reasons that the the red wave, or so it was being um, touted as beforehand? Why do you think the red wave didn't materialize? Um, number
1: one, people are fed up of hearing um, that. The last election was rigged. Uh, number two, uh, the face of the American electorate has changed; it's younger. Uh, you know, the Boomer generation is dying off, and this is having a massive change on American politics. Um, somebody pointed out to me yesterday that um, the mo the most left wing of American congressmen, like you know, the Squad, Ilhan Omar, etc. A lot of them are actually in the middle, uh, in the mid north, so around Minnesota. Um, and that area is not only got quite a relatively young voting demographic, but historically is actually being quite radical. Go back to the, like the 1920s, so um, younger Americans aren't put off by labels like democratic socialist or socialist, they're actually absolutely not. Um, so The American voter profile has massively changed in this election. It's been changing, but it's massively changed. Um, The people, this is kind of a lie to the first point, are tired of Trump. Trump is not a net positive outside of the Republican Party. He's just not. And candidates which he endorsed um, aren't necessarily going to win their races, they could win primaries with the base, but not actually um, elections, or wider elections. Um, The Republican Party doesn't actually stand for governance. It's about obstruction. And I think most Americans do believe in some level of government, not in the way that we do in Britain or in Europe. They don't want big government necessarily, but they want politicians who can actually get stuff done. They absolutely do. And that's what this election uh, tells you. Uh, the Republicans were saying things like, so we're going to have a, uh, if we win, we are going to have an inquiry into Hunter Biden. Most Americans just are not bothered. What they want is infrastructure. They want their schools to be better better funded, etc. cetera. Um, so these kind of inherent culture war issues um, are actually um, not what Americans actually want you know joe biden is not popular you know approval rate of about 41 percent. historically this is supposed to mean that in congress you'll lose 40 seats in the midterm it looks like the like the democrats could lose five you know seven you know this is dobbs that roe versus wade decision has helped radically change the profile of the American voter. And the the Republicans are seen to not necessarily to be saying anything new and to be in hock to somebody who denies uh, the veracity of elections. So how much
0: then was democracy on the ballot in these elections?
1: It it, it absolutely was. Um, Off the top of my head, I cannot remember... Uh, the percentage of Americans that are worried about democracy, but it's like in the 60% mark. So all of this talk of uh, election denialism and malfeasance at ballot boxes and Hugo Chavez coming back from the dead and uh, messing around with um, uh, Dominion's voting software, right? Your typical American is, is basically said hogwash to that. We're, we we need we need to move on, you know. And it's actually a scary amount of Americans that are actually a part of the election machinery. I think, um, in an election like this, a midterm and a general election, it's like one million Americans at some point. Uh, the majority of them volunteers. Generally, it's elderly Americans that go and sit in uh, voting places a man all this stuff right so um there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that people knew that this was just nonsense this is just kind of bullshit right because they know nancy goes down to to the polls and has been doing it for x amount of years you know helping out a local local community mm-hmm. so people so and then after the last election with all of the um judicial uh, queries um, which were posed by by trump and and the and the uh, and his side, I think it was sixty five uh times I went to the courts sixty four were thrown out immediately, and the only one where they had any level of joy was um it was the distance between the poll watchers and um actually the poll counters that they were allowed to get a bit closer, you know. It's just a massive distraction, and it doesn't help people when their gas prices are rising and inflation's at a 40-year high, that you have one side, and specifically one man on this one side who's stoking uh, this fear that American democracy is is at a breaking point at, at a fundamental level because of the way that it counts its ballots people just see as nonsense and not as being important it's a fringe issue uh we will see in the next um week or so if somewhere like nevada where there's going to be uh lawsuits uh filed but so far so good
2: of course the more maybe real way democracy might be on the ballot um is that republicans have a reputation for when they get in uh, local level in particular for doing some quite dodgy things and uh, i just wondered if, if you had any reflections on i mean gerrymandering what all this means for that kind of stuff I and mean, they get up to various other things i know with voter id and 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 things that i would like to say would be shocked at in the uk although arguably we're following suit
1: mm. I, I i must admit one thing i'd be very very disappointed about is that um and then the 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 other thing which is a key difference between American politics and British is, is gerrymandering. So how the American, how American constituencies or districts, as they call them, uh, are created is uh, they look at the census every 10 years. And there are 435, I believe, seats in Congress. And population, the, the, the American population always grows, but also it shifts. And each state is then allocated a um, a set of congressional seats. And uh, half a million is a, is a rule of thumb. So, and there are some states where the whole state is a congressional seat. So, somewhere like Wyoming, there, there might only be like half a million people live in that whole state. So, that whole state is just one congressional seat. Somewhere like California, where there, the population is near as damn it, 40 million. You're talking about um, about 80 different seats or so. Anyway, um, each state is allocated a certain amount of congressional seats. So then what happens is redistricting. And so they have to redraw the boundaries or so because a state might gain one or two congressional seats or it might lose one or two congressional seats. So the borders need to be redrawn. Now, in the UK, we have the Boundary Commission, which is kind of uh, above politics. They set out their methodology. Uh, One of their methodologies is there needs to be some kind of rationale to this constituency. You know, it's based on a town or a locale, et cetera. And it's kind of of circular, kind of concentric. You know, there is something which binds these people together. The gerrymandering that goes on in US politics is just eye-watering. If you actually look at the shape of these... uh, districts or constituencies they're like snakes and salamanders uh, and they are deliberately drawn uh, by politicians not by an independent body to be of benefit to the party in power and people just take this as just the way things are done Um, there is a movement um, of which Arnold Schwarzenegger is probably one of the best proponents for there to be independent uh, drawing of uh, of districts. And actually, California has a, a bipartisan body that draws up its boundaries. Now, I cannot remember how many other states do this in a similar way, and it's nonpartisan. But it's not an inconsiderable amount of states. There's 50 states, and I think there's something like about 18 or so, that have um, a non-contentious way of drawing this up. Florida is not one of them. And Florida um under Ron De santos um has basically gerrymandered at least four districts to massively favor the republicans and this is going if not i think it's going to the to the supreme court but these four districts um voted in this election and all returned republicans so one of the fears of of the democrats was that gerrymandering was going to massively hamper them it does hamper them because the republicans go in for it much more aggressively than democratic states um however that wasn't maybe the decisive um thing in this election however these forced gerrymandered districts could well get thrown out but the damage is already done if the republicans end up winning the Congress by, let's say three seats, four seats, you could well look at Florida as to, as, to, as to one of the reasons why. But this is a wider issue than just Florida. And it's something which in Britain, we just don't have uh, the partisan drawing of constituency boundaries. And how it's done is, is utterly an art and a science. So um, in lots of American, not I can't say lots in quite a few American states, you have a plurality of democratic voters. So there are more democratic votes, but they'll still return more uh, Republican uh, congressmen because of the way that they split up the democratic vote.
0: I just want to touch briefly on something we've sort of talked about before, but it kind of seems like this is a time to kind of draw some of those threads together. So in terms of the role that the kind of stuff, the steel movement played in all of this, did it get rejected at the ballot box? And if it did, as it seems like from what you said, did it act in a kind of way of like demotivating people and motivating people to go, you know what, okay, we've moved on from that. Now we've got the cost of living to deal with and make Sort of those people who are supporting that kind of movement just seem very out of touch with the normal concerns of a day to day life. If that's not too much of a leading question for you,
1: no, I I think that I think that's spot on. Um, Arizona, there's a big which I didn't mention stop the steel uh movement, and in various southern states, but it appears you know it's too early to really say but those politicians those republican politicians who were foremost in saying that um, the last election was stolen from the american uh, people they just haven't done well and so th- so then you'll try to understand the reasons why you know on the one hand there were people in army fatigues 24 hours a day watching ballot boxes in majority minority uh, neighborhoods and then filming people as they went back to their car. And um, so they had a record of who they were that could work it out through the license plate. That was thrown out judicially. All of these um, claims seem to be falling at, at the legal hurdle. And uh, when, when people are asked for real evidence of this malfeasance, they can't actually find it. It's always anecdotal. Uh, so there've been lots of photographs on, let's say, uh, social media, of uh, ballots being um, in in bin liners. And then it turns out these were test ballots, right? There's always a very good reason uh, for this stuff. And I think the American people are, are just tired of it. You know, it's too soon to say, but we could be turning the corner if America can get rid of the, the Trumpian MAGA fever, we could be turning the corner slightly on the divisiveness. Goodness, I said that in the American way, in the divisiveness of American politics. I've been here too long.
0: Okay, so to, to bring this to a conclusion then, what does this mean for the the next general election? Uh, are we likely to see Trump versus Biden again? And if one or both of those don't stand, who are the other sort of contenders who might and who could end up winning? Um.
1: Too soon to say uh, the dust needs to settle. We need to know the exact composition of uh, Congress and and the Senate. But either way, the Democrats, if not being actual winners of actually are are the uh, emotional winners um, in in this, they should have took a shellacking, uh, you know, should have had their nose blooded and and they didn't. Historically, all evidence would tell you that they should lose this. Um, Also, what we haven't talked about really is the role of Dobbs the Dobbs decision which is Roe versus Wade being overturned nationally Um, in Kentucky there was a ballot measure which basically said shall we enshrine into Kentucky law a woman's right to choose Kentucky is a Republican state it voted for that so going forward this is going to be an issue for many states to deal with individually also I think it was arkansas or kansas kansas also had a, a ballot measure s- some time ago and they've also voted to enshrine a woman's right to choose and the, again another red state another republican state so going forward um a woman's right to choose is still going to be an issue but could well be a local issue um dependent on if enough Republicans come out and say enough is enough with Trump, Trump could well be over. If he is gone, um, Ron DeSantis will 110% be the Republican frontrunner. Um, I hope Biden doesn't run again. Um, it's about time that the Democrats had some level of uh, young leadership. we got Pelosi, who is 80. we got Chuck Schumer in the Senate. He's 70-something or another, and then you've got Joe Biden, who, you know, if he gets re-elected, will be the oldest president yet again, and he was the oldest president last time. So um, if he doesn't go, the Democratic field is much more wide open, but the smart money right now would say that Gavin Newsom would probably be um, the Democratic front runner. Uh, Gavin Newsom is the governor of California.
0: Uh, any final thoughts, Roy Fields, before you go?
1: I've always been really struck with, with with my time here in America that America is actually a much more tolerant and liberal in the classic sense place than it might seem from the outside. That actually, dependent on it's really how you frame the question as the response that you get from your, from your typical American. America is a much more tolerant place. Um, and actually, there's much less rancor on the ground than, the, than you would actually think if you just read, read the news and, and watched the media. So um, I, we, we need to be aware when we think that America is catastrophically divided on both ends of the political spectrum. Yes, there is a divide. Uh, but actually, the lumpen mass of Americans kind of more or less agree on most things. And I, I think America needs to realize that about itself.
0: That's a nice positive to end on. So, Royfield, thank you very much for taking the time to join us again.
1: No worries. And I've seriously got to go. I'm two minutes late. But thanks, guys. It's always lovely speaking to you.
0: Thanks very much Fit time, Royfield. Cheers. Thank you. Steve.
1: Good to see you, Royfield. And you, Steve. Bye-bye.
0: And thank you very much for listening, everyone. This has been the No Man's Land podcast. Goodbye.